G'day, my friend, before we get into today's show. You see, as video producers, no longer is it enough for us to be simply good at our craft, to master our ability to shoot creatively, to craft a story or communicate a message for our clients. What are we really being hired for? To just produce a great video or to actually deliver a solution to help grow our clients' business? The Video Strategist Masterclass breaks down my complete framework for designing and implementing an effective video strategy for a business. It's a DIY, self-paced learning course, over 30 lessons across seven modules and a whole bunch of valuable templates, checklists, flowcharts, and downloads for you to adapt within your own business and implement right now with your clients. And it's available for you right now at engagevideomarketing.com slash VSM. Get started in the Video Strategist Masterclass today at engagevideomarketing.com slash VSM. All right, on with the show. A lot of people who have trouble writing good titles is that they're kind of just bland statements. They don't have any emotion. So, so yeah, so those three, curiosity, fear, and desire, it's usually curiosity plus fear or curiosity plus desire. And curiosity is kind of the most important one here. Have you ever been to a library where they've removed the front covers on all the books? Or to a grocery store where everything is in unlabeled brown cardboard boxes? Nope. Well, it's no surprise that it's how we label and present things to an audience that can make or break its success. And when it comes to video content on YouTube, the title of the video is one of the most important things to get right. Welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host, Ben Amos, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy, and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a few weeks where we've had a bit of a hiatus in episodes and I'm excited though to be getting back into weekly episodes of the podcast and thank you for joining me this week. We've actually just wrapped up our first ever accredited video strategist program and over the last number of weeks I've kind of been head down working with this first cohort of accredited video strategists as they've worked through the program and it's been so much fun to see the growth over the course of the eight weeks that we've been working together in that program. And if you're interested in checking out the Accredited Video Strategist program for yourself, then the first step is to go and join the Video Strategist Masterclass, engagevideomarketing.com slash VSM. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today because as I said, I'm excited to get back to our regular weekly schedule of valuable episodes for you here on the podcast. And this week is packed full of value particularly if you're publishing any sort of content on YouTube. My guest today is Jake Thomas, and he calls himself a YouTube title nerd. He's written thousands of YouTube titles that have generated millions of views. He runs the Creator Hooks newsletter, which I subscribe to, 
where he breaks down why viral videos worked so that you can use those same ideas for your channel. He also runs a dog blog and a dog YouTube channel where he tests his title and thumbnail theories. This episode really is somewhat of a YouTube titles masterclass, so you are going to want to take some notes. All right, let's dive in and get all nerdy about YouTube titles with Jake Thomas from Creator Hooks. Hey, Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited too, because as a video strategy nerd, the stuff we're going to talk about today is something that really fires me up and gets me excited when I'm working with our clients on this stuff. But you're way deeper into this stuff than I am. So before we get into talking about that stuff, though, um, I'm interested to hear from you. So who, who are you and what got you into YouTube? Yeah, uh, I guess the simplest way to describe me is a YouTube title nerd. Um, so a couple of years ago, I got a, a job managing a YouTube channel for a fishing company. And, uh, at first I didn't really know what I was doing. So my boss was really good at writing YouTube titles and he kind of like beat into my head, like the importance of writing a good title, Yeah. but I just had, I had no idea what I was doing and he wasn't, a, he was great, but he wasn't a great teacher. And like, there were no resources out there. Um, and I almost got fired cause I was so bad at writing YouTube titles. So I decided to just like study it and like just do my best. And I finally figured out like a tiny little hack and it helped our channel. We ended up like tripling in subscribers and quadrupling our revenue in a couple of years there. And that was awesome. Um, and what I did was I was kind of modeling videos from other YouTube channels and then kind of taking that to our, um, taking that to our channel. And then I was like, you know, this is working really well for us. I bet it could work well for other people. Um, so I started Creator Hooks to try to see if it would work well for other people. And uh, it turns out that people were loving it. And um, I ended up quitting my job last year to go uh, full time on Creator Hooks and um, another little uh, side project YouTube channel that I have. All right, cool. So the hack that you discovered, the little trick was basically emulating what you see works and then bringing it into whatever your topic of the video is. Have I got that right? Yeah. So, uh, so our, my boss was, so we were a fishing channel and he was on a hunting YouTube pot or a hunting podcast. And the guy was like, Hey, we just did a podcast about newbie hunting gear. And that was our, like our best podcast in a long time. So my boss comes back. He's like, all right, we're going to do a podcast about newbie fishing gear. So I'm like, okay, well, cool. Like we're just kind of copying this idea but we're not really copying it because we're in different industries. Yeah. I bet that would work if we did that, if we did that with like all of, all of our videos. So that's what I did every Monday morning. Uh, you know, we had our content, uh, our content creator meeting and we, uh, we just kind of wrote out like, all right, here are the videos that we're going to do. And I just looked at other YouTube channels that were in kind of similar industries, but not in our industry. And I looked at some of their best videos and I said, okay, how can we make, our version of that video. So we're not copying them, but we're modeling, uh, we're modeling what works and, and putting our little twist on it for our industry. Um, so that was a little hack of not really trying to be original, but just modeling success. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I mean, why reinvent the wheel, right? If you can see success happening in another industry or, um, on another channel, obviously there is, there is a, a line to be drawn between, um, you know, copying versus, borrowing ideas that work. So, you know, I think that 
you can balance that quite quite well. And, and I think that's a great strategy to use. And I often talk about that when it comes to any aspects of video marketing and video strategies is there's no need often to reinvent the wheel. If you can see things that are working, you know, other videos that people are doing, why not make that in your own industry or with your own take on it? And um, yeah, and I think that that's great that that works with, with titles and I guess thumbnails as well. Yeah. And, and the good thing is, so when I was first doing this, like I said, I was really bad at writing YouTube titles, but then after studying what works like week after week, and then I finally started noticing patterns and then I was able to finally kind of write original titles, I guess. Um, but, th but that didn't, I didn't start that way. And, uh, and, and seeing what worked for a long time for like a year, then that, you know, it finally helped me get the skills uh, but especially if you're like just starting out, like that's the easiest way to have success kind of like right away. So for people who, who aren't on the Creator Hooks newsletter yet and aren't getting the insights into their inbox that you share about titles and YouTube titles, what do you think are the most common mistakes that people are making without often realizing that they're making these mistakes? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the mistakes is talking about the wrong topic. And this is probably the most common mistake that I see. Um, and the wrong, it, the wrong topic is a very kind of thin line that you're walking. So, so you talk about video marketing and if you have a channel about video marketing, then people come to you for that. But let's say you started talking about copywriting or like so, something similar, uh, but not like very, like not exactly the same, uh, on YouTube you know, off the algorithm and the audience, they kind of expect something from your channel. So, you know, copywriting might be a great topic, but, uh, but the farther you get from your kind of core, um, industry, the, you know, the kind of the worse it gets. Like another example might be, let's say you're, um, you know, a fitness channel, like maybe you, people want to, like, they come to you for fitness, but if you are talking about like, um, you know, my morning routine or, you know, how I run my business. That's, those are great topics, but they're not great for you. So just trying to really understand why people go to your industry or sorry, why people go to your channel and making sure you're, you're delivering on that. Um, and there is like a time and place for kind of branching out, but, uh, especially when you're just getting started, um, you want to, give them what they're there for and kind of really stay kind of in your lane. And at the, the more, the, the farther you drift out of your lane, uh, the more, the, the less likely you are to be successful in your videos. Yeah. So this, the, that's the probably first the biggest thing is, one. So the first thing, if what I'm hearing you say is correct, is, is more around your channel programming strategy than your titles as such. So just making sure that you, you have a plan that you have a strategy to what you're, releasing the videos that you're releasing on your channel and knowing what your audience is there for in the first place. And then obviously yeah. that's going to inform the title that you put on your video. But if you, if your content is, is off in the first place, it, no matter what you do with the title, it's just, it's still not going to work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No matter how good of a graphic design you designer you are or how good at writing YouTube titles, if it's the wrong topic, it's just going to stink. Like you can't, you can't put lipstick on a pig here. Like it's, uh, you need to start with a good topic. So that's definitely the first mistake. And that's yeah. kind of like you said, like that's a strategy thing. Um, and then as you get into actually like writing the title, um, many people are too wordy. 
So, and there's a couple of reasons why this is important. The first reason is that YouTube truncates titles, uh, depending on where you are on YouTube. So if you have like, you know, kind of the, the hook or like the main topic of your YouTube title, if that's kind of buried behind a pile of words, YouTube might just truncate it. So your audience is never going to see like what the what the video is actually about. Um, so that's, uh, you know, one reason is for like a really technical reason. Also, if people are just skimming uh, and you have a really long title and you know, the, your kind of main topic is buried in there somewhere. If they're if they're skimming really fast, just like kind of flicking through YouTube, they're not as likely to see, oh, this is this is a good title, right? They're not really going to see the hook. It's not going to be as punchy. It's not going to grab them um, if they're skimming really fast and you have a long wordy title. So being too wordy is besides like the actually picking a good topic, being too wordy is the second biggest mistake there. Yeah. Now, interestingly on that, um, in the earlier days of YouTube, it was important to get a lot of words in your title because the title was one of the primary, um, you know, keyword pl or places to put keywords for search, um, which is, I think for many people who are thinking about their titles now, they're still thinking too much from a search perspective, too much from an SEO keyword getting as many words in there as they can so that it, it'll have some sort of impact in, in the ranking of the video in the algorithm. But, you know, you and I know that that's not the case now. So can you talk to that for a little bit about the idea of, you know, filling up that entire field with words? It's not the right strategy anymore, right? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, one, YouTube is smart. They know what your video is about. Um, so there's that. And then, you know, you do you do need to include keywords in your titles, but not for the algorithm. You need to include keywords in your titles for the audience. So you need to let them know, like, this is what your video is about. Like you're I think I think it was Mr. Beast who said this. Somebody said this, but just like replace the word algorithm in your vocabulary with audience. Mm -hmm. And that's how like let that drive your YouTube decisions. So so you don't need to keyword stuff your titles, but you do need to let your audience know like what your video is about. Um, and then as far as search goes, YouTube, YouTube knows like they, like they'll serve up the best video from oftentimes it's also from the best channel sometimes, but, um, but yeah, you don't need a keyword stuff. You do need to write titles for humans. And then also as far as like search strategy goes, I mean, there's a ton of different strategy. Um, you know, do you want to be targeting search? Do you want to be targeting browse and suggested? Um, and that's a, that'll be different for every channel. Um, I have a little dog channel and, uh, so I got this strategy from Ed. Uh, he's the, the guy behind film booth and he, I believe oh, that yeah. he We've had stopped, Ed on the show. Uh, yeah, Ed's he's awesome. I, I believe it was, uh, it was him who said that he stopped, he stopped targeting search and he started tar uh, writing, titles and making videos for browse and suggested and his channel started blowing up and I actually did that with my little side pro side project dog channel where I stopped trying to rank and search and I just wrote I just made videos that people would find interesting if you know they're on YouTube's homepage or if they're uh, you know, looking at recommended videos and then my channel started um, taking off a lot more than when I was writing titles for search so and that's 
you know, that's a, that's a deep strategy question that, uh, that everyone's going to have to answer for themselves and, you know, maybe, maybe look at Ed from film booth, you know, and see what he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, it's really just writing, writing titles for humans, um, and definitely not keyword stuffing and all the other stuff. Yeah. I often say optimize for audiences first, which is exactly what you're saying there. So any other exactly. common mistakes that you, that you see? Yeah. Um, too, these are a pair, uh, too specific or too general. So, um, so I'll give you an example here. Uh, you can, so like, let's say you had a, um, you had a tech review channel. So Nikon B 500 review, um, that's pretty specific. So, but like we just talked about like search or, um, like browse and suggested Nikon B 500 review. Like if that's what your video is about and that's your title, then it's very specific and kind of only people who are writing, uh, who are looking for the Nikon B 500 review are going to watch that video, but there could be other people that might be interested in that video. So in instead you could write your title as best camera for shooting YouTube videos. So you're giving it a label. You're talking about a benefit as opposed to just being kind of very descriptive and, um, and kind of, you know, just being too specific there. So that's another mistake is being too specific, really narrowing the potential audience, um, that you have. And then also, uh, you can be too general. Damn. So let's say we're doing that Nikon B 500. Let's say that you wrote a title best camera ever, right? That's like benefit driven. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of curiosity in there, but it's way too vague. It's way too general. Um, best camera ever. It's not, you know, you have Nikon B 500, which is too specific best camera for vlogging, which is pretty much like right there in the sweet spot. And then to general best camera ever way, like way too general. So, you know, there is that little balance and people will make that mistake of being either too specific or too general. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I've definitely seen that mistake made plenty of times before. So I'm interested when it comes to titles, obviously we're talking about titles here as well, but you know, we know that titles don't operate on YouTube without the thumbnail as well. So where do you see that balance between titles and thumbnails? Is there one more important than the other, or are you just focused on getting the title right and then the thumbnail will follow? What's your, what's your view on that? Yeah. So I think the topic drives everything. So really think about what does your audience want to watch and then picking a good topic from there. And then I, I think that the title is more important in educational channels. And then I think that the thumbnail is more important in entertainment channels. Okay. And I'm not, I don't have any like hard data behind that or anything. That's just a little theory that I have. But, uh, but in, in entertainment, you're telling a story, like you can have a really crazy thumbnail in education. You know, if, like if you're in like the finance industry, like, or even like edutainment or whatever, um, finance or, or real estate, you can have a, a pretty good thumbnail, but, uh, you are a little limited. It's not as thumbnail driven, I don't think. So, so that's my theory is that in education, the th title is more important. And then in entertainment, the thumbnail, but they're both really topic driven. Um, just trying to make sure like, do, am I talking about something that somebody is interested in? And then with both of them, you want to complement each other. So another mistake that I see a lot of people make is uh, repeating the same words in the title and thumbnail. And you're wasting an opportunity when you do that. You know, you can, 
so what makes a good title is fear, curiosity, and or desire, um, and or desire. So those three emotions. And like, let's say you're using, um, you know, desire and curiosity in your title, then maybe you might want to use a little bit of fear in your thumbnail and just kind of you're you want to get their attention and kind of attack that from a different angle. Okay. I love that. And you've just hinted at where I wanted to go next because I wanted to ask, is there ingredients to, to the ideal effective YouTube uh, title? And you've mentioned there fear, curiosity, and desire. Can you, can you unpack those a little bit for me? Is it, is it those three things in some sort of combination that makes for an effective title? Yeah. So and that, <clears throat> this is like the the very basic of what makes a good title is those three emotions. And another mistake that I see is that a lot of people who have um, trouble writing good titles is that they're kind of just bland statements. They don't have any emotion. Um, so, so yeah, so those three curiosity, fear, and desire, it's usually curiosity plus fear or curiosity plus desire. And curiosity is kind of the most important one here. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, like really smart people, smarter than me, like uh, Pat Flynn and Daryl Eves. And I've asked them like, hey, what is the most important part of uh, writing a good YouTube title? And both of them have said it comes down to building curiosity. That's the like number one driver of getting people to click. So it's it's so that's like the most important thing. And then there are ways to build curiosity and fear and desire. Desires kind of like the most straight up one. Um, like you're just like talk about benefits or like talk about something that people want. Right. Uh, curiosity is a little tricky. Um, and we could talk about that a little more if you want. And then fear is also a little tricky, but also uh, maybe one of the more like contra like I guess fear is controversial in itself a little bit, but, but that is a lot of people have uh, problems with, you know, writing titles that use fear. Um, so we could talk about both of those yeah. if you want. Well, um, let's do that. Yeah. Let's, um, let's unpackage one of these a little bit because you mentioned curiosity as being one of the most powerful things to lean into in, in a title. So can you give me a good example of, of a curiosity led title that comes to the top of your mind maybe it's one that you've had recently in a in one of your newsletters yeah so um so one is uh the number one skill you're missing to make running easier hmm. uh so if i if i tell you that that it builds curiosity a few ways but it opens up a loop when you hear that like you're kind of if you're into running your first thought is okay what is a skill and then now you have to click and you've got to find out um, so opening up a loop is, uh, pe people also might know it as like a curiosity gap, yeah. um, but it's really starting a story, but not finishing it. Right. So you kind of, you hook someone a little bit and they're like, wait, what's going on here? What, what's happening? I've got to find out, got to learn more. So that what's, that's what makes them click is if you can get them to say what's happening, I need to know. And there's an element of desire in that title too, right? About, you know, running faster, running better as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, uh, yeah. And that's how, you know, it's curiosity and desire there. Um, there's also like a little bit of fear there too. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, cause it's yeah. the number one skill you're missing. Yeah, you're missing out um, on something. That really, <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's some FOMO there. Uh, and FOMO is, um, you know, another way to, uh, to kind of use fear and curiosity there. So, um, so yeah, that's opening up a loop. Um, you can also reveal a secret. So, um, 
So here's an example, the real cost of starting on Airbnb. So, you know, the real cost or like how much it actually costs. Yeah. Real and actually, those are two kind of like, you know, power words almost. They kind of feel like, like, oh, you like, you didn't know this before, but like, here's the truth, right? So the truth about something or the real cost, the, you know, how much something actually is, those all make you feel like, all right, I'm getting insider information here. Uh, so let me like, let me, let me watch this video and let me, let me learn more. So those are, so yeah, revealing a secret is another way to build curiosity. Um, using contrast, um, is another one. And this is just kind of, t uh, just like pairing opposite words or opposite, um, concepts together. So can we eat to starve cancer? Um, okay. that doesn't make sense, right? Like yeah. you can't eat to starve something, right? Those are two opposite words. Um, another one is how this, uh, how this dumb product made a million dollars, you know, dumb product, million dollars, like yeah. those don't make sense. So you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You kind of do a double take. Um, and then you, then you want to click like, all right, this, this doesn't make sense to me. I've got to find out. Um, and then also being counterintuitive, which is kind of like using contrast, but like, you know, just, uh, you know, if, if everyone thinks one way, just kind of going against the grain, um, so one example here is I've stopped asking people to subscribe and that was from a YouTube channel. So, or that's from a, uh, from a channel that teaches how to, how to grow on YouTube. And that just doesn't make sense, right? It's kind of counterintuitive. Like, why would you stop asking people to subscribe? Like, that's like a best practice for growing your YouTube channel. Um, that, that doesn't make sense. So, so you've got to click and you've got to find out. So those are just a couple different ways of building curiosity, opening loops, um, being counterintuitive, uh, revealing a secret, and then um, uh, being, uh, oh, contrast. Contrast was the other one. Yeah, awesome. So let's talk about fear a little bit because you talked about fear. I mean, I guess all of these things can be used in different ratios within a particular title. So you can take a little bit from curiosity, a little bit from fear, a little bit from desire. But so have you got some some good examples where, where it really led led with fear that can help us understand how to use fear? Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people have issues with fear and they might say, oh, you know, I don't want my uh, my video or my channel to be like, I don't want to be a fear mongerer. My channel is all about uh, positivity, like, or they might be thinking like, yeah, like fear is so, um, so like clickbaity. So a lot of people have issues with that. Um, and I definitely get it. Uh, like a lot of uh, my email subject lines and a lot like for my titles uh, or for my client, when I'm writing titles for my clients, I do use a lot of fear and like sometimes I feel icky. Uh, one is that it really works. And then two, there are ways to kind of turn down that dial of like kind of like ickiness dial, but still use the, use that power, um, use, use the power of fear. So it works well for a few reasons. So one, like let's pretend that um, you know, you and I are in, we're, we're cavemen and, you know, we're in the stone age and we're in our cave and I'm like, Hey Ben, you should go pick some berries. Uh, there's like some berries outside. You should go pick them. You might be like, all right, cool. Like maybe I will, maybe I won't. It doesn't really matter. Um, but if I say, Hey Ben, there's a saber toothed tiger outside. Don't go outside. You're definitely going to listen to me because if you don't, you're going to die. Yep. So we're genetically wired to listen to warnings. And that's why warnings work so well on YouTube. Um, and a lot of people don't want to like acknowledge that or, uh, or I don't know, maybe they like, you know, they just want their, their video, their channel to be all about positivity. 
And there's also the car crash effect. So like if you drive on, on the road and there's a car crash on the side of the road, everyone's going to like stop and slow down. Like people love drama. So when you have like drama and fear and negativity in your title, it's like having a car crash on the side of the road. Like everybody is going to like stare and be like, hey, what's going on there? So that's that's why it works. And a couple of easy ways to do this are like talking about mistakes and regrets. Um, you know, those are talking about fear. Like we're, we're scared of making mistakes. We're scared of living a life with regrets. And if you want to turn that dial up, um, here's an example for you. So, um, eight, uh, eight bourbons. I regret buying overhyped and overpriced. So he turned that down a little bit. When you say, I regret that like it feels doesn't feel that icky, right? But if you say eight bourbons, you will regret buying that feels a little bit you're Personal turning that, that, that dial up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So t- like so if you want to feel less icky about using fear, tell your own story. Um, you know, the biggest mistake I made when I was starting my business, um, you know, you know, I wish I didn't buy this camera. And that's a way of like opening up a loop there and also um, using fear because you're talking about like a regret. So, yeah. So just talking about warnings, mistakes, um, regrets, those are a couple of easy ways to use fear. Yeah, I love it. Um, and getting in a bit of that curiosity in there as well. So just as people you know, are compelled to move away from fear, I guess the final one there is, is they're drawn towards desire, right? So let's talk about desire for a little bit, because it's obviously a very strong human emotion. So um, how, how can that work into YouTube titles? So desire is kind of boring. So like I've got like some fun reasons why like fear works. Like you have like the, the car crash effect, the saber tooth tiger effect. Uh, curiosity works because it's kind of like a mosquito bite. Like if you get a mosquito bite, like you have to itch that. It's not like oh, I want to itch this mosquito bite. It's like, I've got itch. And that's what curiosity does to your brain. It's like, I've got to, I've got to watch this video. Desire is like, I don't have any like really fun <laughs> explanations for why it works. Like we just, we want what we want, right? Yeah. It's pretty basic. Um, so, you know, there are a couple things that you can do. You know, one thing I've seen a lot is like towing that line of too good to be true. And there's definitely like kind of the clickbait factor and, uh, and you don't want to be lying, but you know, if you got a great, um, if you got a, if you got a big win, then talk about that, like make it too good to be true. So an example of that was from a finance channel I saw, and it was how to write off 100% of your car, um, for like business taxes. So, you know, that feels a little bit too good to be true, but, um, you know, but if, if they know how to do that, if they can show you how to do that or how like one of their clients did it, then it's not it's not clickbait because they delivered on that promise. Um, so that's the the big thing about clickbait is if you can deliver on the promise then I don't think it's clickbait. Um, if you're exaggerating too much and it's just not true, then yeah, you're going into clickbait world. Um, so, so yeah, just talking about benefits, you know, being, you know, sometimes towing the line of too good to be true. Um, and also another thing that works well is, being specific with like what your audience wants and being able to put their goals uh, into words that like maybe like maybe they they think like they want something, but they just don't really don't really know what it is. But if you can put that desire into words better than they can, then they're going to be like, oh, this person gets me like this is exactly what I wanted. So an example might be, um, you know, how to make money online versus how to make ten thousand dollars a month online. 
it's like, oh, that's, that's what I want. I would love to make $10,000 a month. You know, making money is like, yeah, that's a benefit, but it's a little vague. It's not very tangible. Um, but you can kind of see like exactly what $10,000 a month means. Um, so, so that's a, a good way to use, um, to use desire is to talk about their specific goals. I think what's really, what really stands out to me as you share those examples, particularly when you're talking about fear and desire is that all of them more or less seem to really have a strong element of curiosity as well. So it's, it goes back to what you're saying. If you can focus on curiosity as a primary ingredient and, and take a little bit of salt and pepper, right? And a little bit of desire, a little bit of fear and um, use it in the right way, then you can, you know, create the, the ideal recipe, I guess. Um, I love that. Yeah. And thanks for sharing those, um, those examples. I'm interested, yeah, of course. You know, if you, if you were to land on, you know, use some of what we've suggested here and obviously borrow from what is working on other channels, as we've talked about, um, if you think you've landed on an ideal title for your video, how do you know if it is the best title that you can be running on that video? Should we be changing it up? What should we be looking for to know if it's actually a great title? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, well, so one thing I do when I'm writing titles is, especially for clients, uh, I will write probably like 20 or 30 titles and I'll try to go at things a little bit different. So I might try to do curiosity and desire, curiosity and fear, like just only go like, you know, go pretty hard on the negativity there or have it be a little bit of like open-ended, like um, just like just opening up a loop there or just like, you know, can I position this as like too good to be true? I think it was Ed Sheeran I got this from talked about like the, the faucet effect where if like, it's like turning on a faucet where there's like a bunch of muddy water and then, you know, all that muddy water has to get out until like the good clear water, um, you know, finally starts flowing. And that's, you know, that's like your ideas. So like, you know, you'll write your first 10 or 15 or 20 titles and they'll all be crappy titles. And then finally it's like, okay, cool. Now I, I think I've got a good feeling of what I'm writing here. So I'll usually write a lot. And then once I've narrowed it down to two or three, um, sometimes I'll just look and, uh, and I'll try to find a similar title on YouTube. Um, I, I gotta do that with creator hooks because I have I'm lucky cause I have a big database there, but like, let's say you are writing a title for, um, you know, how to, uh, how to start a new YouTube channel. So I might look at like how to start a new Instagram page or how to start a new TikTok page or whatever, and try to find some comparable titles and say, all right, have any of these been successful? Or, you know, another one would be like, uh, you know, top five vacuums in 2022. Okay, well, let me let me look at top five iPhones. And I might just say top five iPhones and then see what uh, what is ranking and then try to see if I can get something uh, comparable. And if I see like a lot of kind of same elements that I was writing in my title, like in on YouTube, then I then that kind of gives me a good idea of like, all right, this is, you know, people seem to like this trend or like this structure of title. I'm going to go with that. So, and that's, I think that's a huge thing is looking at in your industry and also out of your industry, kind of like what we started this with, like, you know, went from hunting and fishing industry and, um, you know, try to, try to find a comparable to, to know that you're on the right track. And that's probably the best way. 
And then sometimes I'll change my titles. Um, I am a big fan of uh, A-B testing titles. There's uh, TubeBuddy has a, as a tool. I think it's their legendary package. Um, and then also uh, my, my buddy just launched a, um, just launched a, I think it's betterthumbnailtester.com. And that will also let you um, A-B test your titles and thumbnails. I personally love A-B testing because it gives me data and that way I know that like, all right, this is a, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this title is good. Like A-B testing isn't 100% accurate, but I like to use it as a compass um, saying, all right, cool. If this got 10% or 20% better, I'm fairly certain that this is a better title. So, so I will change it if, you know, if it's, I just had a video recently, uh, my most recent video for my dog channel just totally tanked. And, uh, and I waited five days, you know, to make sure that like, when you publish a video, the algorithm is going to give it a ton of impressions to see like, all right, what's, what's really happening with this video. And then usually I'll wait five days where it kind of normals off a little bit. And then that way you can get a good test if, when you're running an AB test, because if you start the AB test on day two, um, you know, most of your subscribers are going to see it on like more of your subscribers are going to see it on day two. Um, then like day three and the way the AB tests do is they flip flop them every 24 hours. So you're not getting an accurate test because you're always going to get a higher click through rate from the start. So I want to kind of flush that out and yeah. get all of, uh, get all the initial uh, impressions out of the way and then start the AB test so that, that way, you know, that, all right, this is real data. Um, but yeah, usually, you know, trying to come up with a baseline of numbers for your channel like, all right, my click through rate is this, um, you know, within the, within the first 24 hours and then seeing how well your video, your new video does compare to that baseline and let that say like, all right, cool. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to switch or I'm going to stay with this. Yeah. I love that. It, it really is a combination of art and science, isn't it? it there's the art in putting together, you know, these many variations of, of titles that you feel that you think are going to work based on, you know, your understanding of your audience and your channel and, and, you know, what works on other channels, which then that's often the, the art component to it, the wordsmithing of the titles. And then there's the science of, of looking at, at hard data, looking at other channels, looking at what is working in other places and looking at what is working on your channel as well. And if it's not giving it time, obviously, as you mentioned, but then trying something new, split testing it, uh, seeing if something else will work better. YouTube is great because you have so many numbers. Uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed, um, but it is fun when the, you know, for the science part of looking at your click through rate, your retention, you know, impressions, um, you know, how many views, everything. Uh, so you could definitely get kind of lost in the sauce with all the numbers, but um, but it is a, it is a great mix, like you said, of art and science. Yeah. And I think that's the fun part is, is what I was going to add to that as well. Well, maybe that's just for us, um, video, video nerds. <laughs> video nerds. <right? laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I want to ask you because I'm interested a lot of, well, personally in my own video marketing agency, but also I know many listeners of this podcast are responsible for and, or working with clients, with, with business clients on their content for YouTube, as opposed to what you might classify as a YouTuber, you know, so someone who's building a business on YouTube, I think maybe might have a different strategy when it comes to their YouTube channel than someone who's building a business off YouTube and using YouTube as a, 
as a marketing lead generation tool. So if we think about those two different distinctive channel types, is is the creation of titles different for those channels? Like, would you recommend that it, you kind of approach it in a different way if you're a business YouTube channel versus a YouTuber, for lack of a better term? So I think they're the same when you're writing titles because you're writing titles to get views and you're writing titles, you do that by writing titles that about that people want to click on. So they're the same. And I do come from a background of, I worked for a fishing company and we had, um, you know, an e-commerce store, we had a membership, um, and YouTube was our primary traffic source. And I have a little dog, uh, it was first, it was a dog blog. Now it's a dog, uh, you know, I added YouTube and, you know, I do some affiliate marketing and some, uh, eBooks and stuff there. And YouTube is just a traffic source. So I, I think that's the best way to make a business. And you know, when it comes to writing titles, like, yeah, you're just, you're just trying to get people to click. So, you know, trying to, you know, entertain and educate and inspire. So no, it's, it's all the same. Um, and you know, you can, you can learn a lot from, from channels in all, all industries. Um, you know, recently I've been watching Mr. Beast stuff and I have like, uh, you know, I've got a, you know, a dog training channel, (laughs) so it's totally different. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of all the same, you know, as far as like what you're asking them to do, um, you know, I think it's, you know, best to like in the middle of the video, ask for, you know, ask for someone to download your lead magnet or, or buy your course or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you give YouTube what it wants, which is like, you know, people clicking your videos and staying for a long time, they will give you what you want, which is, uh, you know, more views and, you know, more people are, are going to see you, you're going to, they're going to see your, your lead magnets and your products. So it, it is all the same. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think the the fear for many business YouTube channels is they, they don't want to come across as being, as being flippant or, you know, being like many of those using Mr. Beast as an example, these entertainment kind of based YouTube channels. But I think that you're spot on in the, in the way that they need to think about it is it's all about, as you mentioned before, audience first. Like when you understand your audience, your ideal audience, and what's going to compel them to click on that video, then curiosity, fear, desire is, is true regardless of audience. It's just how you, how you implement those ingredients in the way that your audience wants to receive them, right? So Mr. Beast's audience is going to expect different titles and different content than a financial services company, for example, that is educating on, um, you know, mortgage interest rates to use a very different example. But, you know, (laughs) if they just, if that mortgage company or that financial services company simply titled their video, um, you know, what are mortgage interest rates, uh, you know, then that's just not, compelling. I'm not interested in that, even if I'm in their target audience. But if they were to title that using some curiosity and some desire around, you know, the the best mortgage interest rates to set you up for property success, 
that probably makes no sense from a mortgage perspective, whatever that is. (laughs) But anyway, I'm making it up on the spot. You know, I'm actually wanting to click on that, you know, Um, and so long as the video delivers and tells me the answer to that question, then then I'm, I'm I'm in. So yeah, yes. I love that. Yeah, have have a little fun with it. You know, talk about like you know mistakes first time home buyers make. Um, you know, f- you know, or uh, you know, hit, you could tell a story like a customer story. You know, his biggest regret uh, when buying his first home. You know, stuff like that. Like that's what those people want to know. Or like you know, do this if you don't want to get ripped off uh, when getting your first mortgage. You know, stuff like that. Like that's opening up a loop. You know, like we talked about earlier, but like. Heck yeah. If I'm like, if I'm trying to get my first mortgage, I'm definitely going to watch that video because I don't want to get ripped off. Yeah. hundred percent. Just in closing here, you know, I think that the, the way many businesses focus on their, their YouTube content is focused on the content first. And then, you know, once they've produced what they think they want to make a video about, then they, the last thing they do at that upload stage is think, oh, what are we going to call this? What's the title for this thing? And possibly then that's the moment they think about thumbnails too, right? But if we just focus on, on titles, you know, I think based on what we've talked about here today, we recognize that you can't just think about your title just at the moment of uploading here. Do you, do you recommend that that you actually flip that and you'd start with the title first and make the video based on a compelling title or how, how, how should we be approaching yes. that? Yes, definitely. So the best way to do this is to think about what is your audience going to click on? What do they want to learn? And then write your title and then make your video. Um, you, you might want to might want to write your title and think about your thumbnail, and then make your video kind of based off that. So, let's you know going back to the um, the uh, the mortgage one. So, you know, uh, ten mistakes that people make when getting their first mortgage, right? So you would you want to think, okay, cool, there are ten mistakes. Like people like lists, people like thinking about mistakes. Great. So now we have like our topic. This is going to drive clicks. Now let's make a video to fulfill on this promise. Right. So uh, and then also kind of thinking about the thumbnail uh, in there as well. But um, but yeah, if you just, you know, made a video about kind of like what you said, uh, you know, what is um, you know, what is a mortgage rate or something like something really boring? No one's going to click on that. And what you did was you just wasted a bunch of time making that video probably wasted a bunch of money making that like making that video. Um, you know, you might've like paid an editor. So yeah, really think about what your audience wants first. Think about what is going to make them click and let that drive your title and your thumbnail and then let that drive your, um, drive your actual video. Yeah. I mean, it even comes down to how you might, uh, write that copy as well within that video, because you might go into it thinking we want to share a video about you know, tips when getting your first mortgage, right? That's something that's we have knowledge around, that's going to be interesting. So you might have actually thought about that. But when you think about it from the perspective of what we've covered today around curiosity and fear as being powerful ingredients, that might then prompt you to think, well, let's not write about 10 tips. Instead, as you mentioned there, Jake, let's make it 10 mistakes, which is still the same tips. We're just framing it around the idea of, you know, don't do these things. Um, and because that's going to be much more compelling based on, on curiosity and, and desire uh, and f- well, fear and desire, all three of those kind of play into that yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think that's another, 
Another thing that works well is beginner tips, like calling out beginners. And, and that right. works well for a few reasons. Um, so one, everybody starts as a beginner and then a few, a few people become intermediates and then even fewer become uh, you know experts. So the beginner is a huge audience. Um, they're also insecure and they're, uh, they're eager to learn. So like I'm learning to play the piano and I was watching, um, I was watching a YouTube channel about how to play the piano. And like one night I just binge watched your channel. I watched for two hours. And then at the end of that night, I was like, wait a minute, what did I just do? And what I did was I watched all of their videos that had the word beginner in them because I was kind of insecure about my piano playing skills. So I thought that all the other videos, they were too advanced for me, but these ones that had the word beginner, these were for me. So that's a, it's what I call like a click trigger. Like that makes people click. So, and like you said, letting that drive your actual content. So let's say we made, um, a video about like, okay, uh, you know, mortgage mistakes. Well, all right, let's make it about first time mortgage mistakes, right? Cause we want to target beginners. We know that, um, that's, you know, that's a great way to write a good title. So then when we are uh, making our intro, like, okay, you're about to buy your first house. Here's what you don't want to do when you're getting your mortgage, right? That's a really compelling intro. And that is driven by the title because this is about first time, uh, you know, mortgage getter mistakes or first time home buyer mistakes. So, so yeah, that'll, that drives everything is thinking about what's going to get people to click and then making, um, videos that deliver on that promise. Yeah. Awesome. Just in closing here, Jack, tell us about creator hooks because, your, your newsletter is lands in my inbox every every week um, and is full of exactly what we've been talking about here today. But uh, you've got quite an interesting, it's like a ranking system, like you've, you've built a bit of a system around, around YouTube titles. Can you just quickly give us a rundown of what to expect if we were to join Creator Hook's newsletter? Yeah, so it's creatorhooks.com. And what happened was I asked a lot of people like, hey, how do you write such good YouTube titles? Like I've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of the people that I look up to at like conferences or on Twitter or something. And uh, one thing that like they kept telling me was like, I just model it works. So it's like what we talked about earlier with that, like the hunting and the and the fishing podcast, like I just model it worked. So um, so creator hooks is I just like find five videos that are worth modeling. I send it to you every Monday. It's Monday morning here in the States. Um, but, uh, uh, so yeah, so it's just five videos like, Hey, you know, here, here are five videos that you could model. And I kind of show you why they work and, um, and like how other industries could use them. And I have a, the hook score and that is a ratio of how well a video did to like kind of the average of that channel. So if a channel averages 10,000 views a video, but then one video got 100,000 views, like, all right, something, something's going on here. It had a, you know, 10x, uh, 10 times as many views. So in Creator Hooks, that would be a hook score of 1,000. Um, that, and that had 100,000 views. But let's say that, um, you know, a channel, they average 500,000 views, and then a video got 600,000 views. Like, cool, it got six times more than... The other, the other video that was, you know, a big outlier, but this one, like it only got 20% more than average. So it's not, it's not really the same. So the hook score lets you compare, uh, kind of how videos did against an average, like how big of an outlier were they? So, and that's all creator hooks is, is just the study of pretty much outliers. You know, what is working really well. And then, you know, as you read creator hooks every week, then you'll start to see patterns 
know, like I said, beginner tips and fear and curiosity, you know, those are patterns that I see every single week. And it's like, oh, cool. Like now I actually know what gets people to click. So, so yeah, so that's creator hooks. Um, and, uh, yeah, every Monday morning or I guess, uh, Monday night or whatever time it is. Monday night, Monday night for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's creator hooks and it's helped me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people have told me that they've enjoyed it, but I have a little dog channel and, um, you know, just following the tips from creator hooks has helped it, uh, grow a lot. And that's been awesome. Just, just for me. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Creatorhooks.com guys, get on that, get on that list. Um, it's a, it's free to subscribe to creator hooks. Um, unless something's changed, Jake, but, uh, yeah, free to subscribe. Nope, and still free. Yeah. Awesome. And it's kind of, it really is like a, a YouTube title swipe file that drops into your email inbox every week. So, um, something that I open every week and just read through and just, you know, build my knowledge as a video strategist through through the work that you do in that email so i appreciate you for that and i appreciate you for coming on and sharing your insight here on the podcast where can people connect with you i mean obviously creatorhooks.com get on get on the newsletter is there a favorite social channel that you you want to shout out yeah twitter uh only only twitter right now i'm keeping things lean over here uh it's at uh at J Thomas underscore underscore. So there's two underscores there. It was not very poor planning on my part. Uh, or you could also search Jake Thomas. I think my Twitter SEO has been, uh, has been stepping up recently. You'll see a guy with a beard and a hat and then a very, very cute golden retriever. And that is how you'll know it is me. Awesome. Hey Jake, thanks for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This has been a masterclass in YouTube titles. So I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks man. Thanks for having me. There you go. I hope that has provided some guidance and inspiration for the next titles that you create for your YouTube channel or for your clients' YouTube channels. There's definitely a lot that we talked about in today's episode that can apply to a whole bunch of digital marketing as well, not just YouTube. So hopefully you did take some notes and you take away some value from this episode. And if you've taken any value from the Engage Video Marketing Podcast over the years, then I would love to invite you to leave a rating and a review for the show. That is one of the best ways to get this the word about this show out to other people. So if you haven't yet done that, I really do encourage you. I want to take a moment to invite you to leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast player you listen to. For example, Apple Podcasts would be great. And I thank you in advance for that. And thank you for joining me for today's episode. I will be back with you next week as we kick off into the next 250 episodes of the show. And until then, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help guide you towards effective video marketing to grow your business. See you next week.